Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. You could subscribe at iTunes for free. I do this three times a week, and I also post them at HeidiHarris.com. And all my social media, the Heidi Harris Show on Facebook and Heidi Harris Show on Twitter. I saw an interesting op-ed the other day written by a madam who was what they call the madam on the menu. She's going to explain that. She had responded to an author who had written about how prostitution needs to be made illegal in various states. And this author expressed a lot of my same sentiments about prostitution. I think it's a bad deal for both sides of the transaction. Just my personal moral opinion. I don't judge prostitutes, but I just feel sad for people on both sides of it. I feel sad for lonely men who can't find a good woman. And I feel bad for the women who have to give their bodies away or feel like they need to give their bodies away. So I invited this madam to be a guest on my local radio show, which, by the way, you can hear weekdays, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. live from the Las Vegas Strip on 670 AM KMZQ. And I thought it was worth sharing this interview with you on the podcast in case you missed my live local show. Sonia Bandolik, madam at the Love Ranch in Crystal, Nevada. Welcome to the Heidi Harris Show. Thank you. So what caused you to write this? Uh, apparently, you had written this initially in response to Melissa Farley's comment about uh, advocating the abolition of prostitution in some of the counties. Uh, probably just sheer annoyance. Uh, we're getting really sick of people trying to save us against our will. <laughs> um, and uh, she absolutely is clueless. This, this is a woman who's been invited to actually come to the brothel and find out for herself firsthand what it's like over six times and has refused every invitation. So she's not even curious about what's real. She just wants to promote her uh, worldview and try to force her views on other people. Yeah, I've heard the argument that's being made by some of the ladies who are in the industry that, listen, they want to do this by choice and they don't appreciate being stuck in the middle of, I don't know if it's a morality war or a legal war, and you guys kind of feel like you're you're stuck. Well, yeah, you Okay, you look at um, people who make their living uh, with their bodies, uh, who actually might even put their bodies at risk for injury. Let's say football players. Um, you get football players getting injured all the time, some of them with lifelong injuries uh, at the end of their career. Um, you don't see a big movement to try to kick them out of their profession because they don't have the ability to make decisions for themselves, obviously. So we have to decide for them what they can do for a living. Um, this is no question. Uh, coal miners, they use their bodies for a living. They put themselves at risk sometimes. Actors use their body. They get exploited. Um, nobody's calling to shut those professions down. They're not saying that those people aren't smart enough or have an, enough EQ to be able to make decisions for themselves. So this is more, I see this more as an attack on women who are being successful in a profession, that they're attacking that profession for that very reason. That's interesting, because when you think of what you're saying, and you make a very good point, there are a lot of occupations where people are just destroyed physically. For example, I was thinking recently about laborers. You know, when you're doing things like if you've ever had the thrill of demoing tile, which I've done, or using a jackhammer I'm just for a few minutes, right? Can you imagine doing that for years and years and years? And by the time you're 40 or 50, you're done. Your body's destroyed from doing that kind of work. So I understand what you're saying. And then you look at ballerinas who are starved nearly to death if they want to stay in the ballerina industry and then ultimately they get dumped as soon as they're not any good anymore and so i understand that's kind of the parallel that you're making right exactly 
Yeah. So do you think that any of the girls who are doing this are doing it because they're just damaged in their soul? I know not all of them are, but do you ever get that feeling that they're just trying to maybe settle a score? In other words, when they were little kids, they weren't in control of what happened to them, and now they are? Well, you know, I come from, I have a lot of different areas where I've, I've worked. I was a, I'm a former school teacher, so I work with at-risk kids. I'm also a nudist, uh, so, you know, I've lived in nudist communities, and it seems like it doesn't matter how mainstream or non-mainstream the environment is, you're always going to have that population of people that are dealing with childhood issues, uh, and it's not any different in prostitution. Um, the difference is, is that um, we're more uh, upfront about what we're doing and what we're dealing with and what our stories are. Uh, by the time you're in prostitution, you're not really hiding anything you're actually dealing with it overtly yeah that's true we're speaking with a brothel madam by the name of sonia vandolik who is the brothel madam at the love ranch how many girls do you have working there do they they kind of work in rotation like don't they work like two weeks on and a week off or something like that well every girl is different because they're all independent contractors so they totally choose their schedules uh i have some girls that have chosen to live here full time I have some girls that are two weeks on, two weeks off. Some will do a month on, month off, and they can change their pattern anytime that they want to uh, accommodate anything that's happening in their life outside the brothel. Uh, so the girls really write their own ticket, what they want to do, when they want to work, um, how often uh, they can take a day off anytime they feel like it. Uh, so there's there's no lockdown. Nobody's in a in a prison in a in a trailer or anything like that. Uh, it's very luxurious here, and they. They set all their own rules. Now, as a former school teacher, obviously you're used to herding cats, and there's probably a lot of that that goes on <laughs> being the brothel madam. You've got to be the kind of the mediator at times between the girls and whatnot. Talk a little bit about what that's like. Well, uh, one of the reasons I decided to be a madam on the menu and yeah, I'm what the does only that mean? That I'm sorry, it. what does that mean, madam on the menu? I hit the lineups with the girls. Oh. I follow the same rules that the girls okay. uh, follow. Got it. I have clients. Uh, so I'm not asking anyone to do anything that I don't do. Okay, interesting. Okay, but still, you've got to do the cat herding and whatnot because, you know, there are going to be a bunch of women in a building and they're going to be fighting like cats. I used to be a cocktail waitress. I understand this. Well, that was my biggest fear. Uh, when I first came to the brothel, not knowing anything about brothels, I was doing it for research for my uh, second book, Sex Warrior, and um, I was I wasn't afraid of the men who were going to approach me or who I was going to be with, but I was afraid of living in a house full of women right. because women are scary. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> I'd be much more afraid of that than I would be the customers. That would be scary. I totally was. But we have a sisterhood, um, and, and it's, not, it's not impossible that it would happen because girls come from all over the country. They fly in uh, because it's the only place in the entire United States that they can uh, be legal and protected in a uh, brothel. So we have a, a vast variety, and I deliberately try to keep diversity in the house uh, because, you know, you never know what somebody's looking for, and it, it's wildly different, unlike what the magazines would have you believe. Um, everybody wants what they want. So we are very different, but uh, we try to get a synergy here because men are not geared for drama. So <laughs> if I have drama in the house, I uh, I got to squash that immediately that is funny now what what do the girls fight about the prostitutes well what, what do they argue about amongst themselves who's wearing the best lingerie who's got my shoes well what do they fight about um dirty hustling would be one okay what's dirty um, you got to explain this be... to like i'm three years old what's dirty hustling 
Okay, dirty hustling would be if one lady is talking to a gentleman, let's say, in the bar, and oh, they're having a conversation. Okay. Another lady will try to catch his eye and, and grab his attention okay, in the it. midst of that. Okay. So that would that would not be – we have to really use our manners. Um, when we do lineups, we don't have a girl, one girl in there flipping her hair all around to draw attention to herself <laughs> over the other girls. Uh, so, you know, just common courtesy, and we, we look out for each other and, uh, you know, if, if a girl ends up stepping on somebody's toes, we have to get that resolved very quickly. That is funny. We're speaking with Sonia Badolaku. It's the madam on the menu. Now I've got the actual definition at the Love Ranch in Crystal. So how you said that you got into this to do research because you were writing a book. Tell me about that. Well, it, uh, technically, that's, a, that's just an excuse. Um, I was uh, 51 when I first got on my uh, first lineup. And I felt like that was way too old because I, I watched all these made-for-TV movies and it shows, you know, all these teenagers as prostitutes. And I figured I was way too old and I would be ridiculous lining up with uh, young girls. So I just said, I'm doing it to write my book. And so then I had to write the book so that I wouldn't be a liar. Um, and then I found out that, no, that's not the case, that uh, men want all shapes, sizes, ethnicities, age groups. Uh, there is no perfect girl that is good for every man. Interesting. Now, you had, so you I, had never done this line of work in any way before. You had been a school teacher. This is the first time you'd ever done this? Right, exactly. Uh, my husband and I just uh, got in a truck. We went off, from, drove from Tennessee to Nevada in the middle of the blizzard of 11 and uh, went blind into the adventure. Uh, and it ended up changing my life in some of the best ways possible. Okay, now back up. Now you know I got to ask you: Are you still married? Yes, I am. And your husband? Um, this is an obvious question, but I'm going to ask it. Your husband has no problem with you making yourself available to other customers? Absolutely not. But you you have to understand that most people assume that we all cling to the Judeo Christian. Uh, morality uh that and, and belief system and i don't uh, i've been in open relationships my entire adult oh okay so life. it's no big deal for for you that's not a that's not yeah. a, let me put it this way let me put it right. nicer i'm not trying to be judgmental when i say you're so this is to you this is not a breach of anything you and your husband agree to exactly you guys don't see uh, it we, that way okay. ne- neither of us have ever known monogamy uh we have we we had a brief experiment with it which was really sweet but you know it's very limited uh, and it's just not what we're used to or what we subscribe to. Now, you said in your column, you talked about the fact that you consider this a feminist heaven because the girls, when they do the lineup, and obviously when a customer shows up, I don't know if a bell rings or whatever, but they all have to go and do the lineup. But if they decide they don't want, if the customer says, hey, I want Sonia, and you go, uh-uh, you can say that, correct? Right. Uh, and there's, there's nice ways to say that, and there's very blunt ways to say that, and we get to pick which way we say it. Uh, and it really depends on the client. Um, you know, you never know, just like you never know why a client wants a girl, you never know why a girl wants a client or doesn't want a client. Uh, you know, he could have, he could look like my dad, and that might be, you know, forget that. Yeah. So okay. I might shoot him a price that's really high for what he's asking and, and encourage him to go talk to another lady. So, you know, it, it might not, it's not his fault, but, you know, I'm just saying no. Uh, so, you know, we can do that. And uh, it, it's actually quite civil. It, it's, I, it harkens back to something I never had when I was growing up because, you know, the sexual revolution and all this and uh, dating stopped being so 
uh, convention-driven and guys, instead of, you know, sending flowers or chocolates or trying to romance with gifts and romance, uh, would just basically bring a bottle of Mad Dog and suggest we go park on the hill. Um, here, men are bearing gifts. They're bearing gifts and they're asking sweetly for what they want and, and the women get to choose um, among their suitors who they're with. Um, it actually uh, brings you back to a, a, a sweeter time. Interesting. But you know that these guys don't love you, right? I mean, you, you're not deluding yourself into believing that these guys care about you. They're just there for the transaction and they'll say whatever they want to because you know how boys are. They'll say whatever they want to from the time they're 13 to get in your pants. So you, you're not you're not fooled by that, though. That actually was my mindset before I came to the brothel. Uh, I actually thought the fan I had of what a brothel would be like was to be a human milking machine for this long line of men, one after the other. Um, the reality is is that these guys that come to the brothel, are uh, they come for very compelling reasons. They're very vulnerable in their own right. A lot of them are widows. A lot of them are married to women that they love, but it's a sexless, sexless marriage. Uh, they're affection-starved. Uh, the most popular party we have is the girlfriend experience simply because that includes affection and conversation uh, and uh, getting to know a person as a, as a human being. That's what the, most of the guys are looking for. You certainly have, you know, somebody who's trying to get their pipes cleaned once in a while, but they, they're not the majority. Interesting. Now, how long do you plan to do this? You said you started when you were 51. So how old are you now? So that you started at 51 in 2011? Yeah, I'm 58, and okay. um, which seems strange to me. But um, and when I was 51, I thought I was too old. And then I thought, well, if I could just make it to 55. And then um, I came back uh I, I made it well past 55, and now um, my popularity with my clients uh, has not waned. It's sort of like the Rolling Stones. Uh, as they get older, their fans get older, too. Speaking of getting older, do you talk to the girls about what happens after prostitution when they get too old to do it or don't want to do it anymore? Do you give them any guidance in that area? Yes, we have uh, what we call a tea party every single week, and we talk on different subjects. One of the things that we're very um, uh, we're advocates of is money management, trying to teach these ladies how to be fiscally responsible. They're making more money than uh, probably both their parents combined working at traditional jobs. And a lot of times they're young, so, you know, they're, they're rich all of a sudden. Uh, so, you know, we talk to them about money management, about investing their money. Um, we encourage them to, because there's some downtime in the brothel. Uh, if a lady's looking for uh, waiting for the bells to ring, there's plenty of downtime in between the bells. So uh, they can take online college courses. Um, there was just something we found yesterday. We were going through bins. We, we keep their, um, their, their belongings. Sometimes they'll store them with us for free uh, so they don't have to go back and forth on the airplane with them. And then when a girl retires or doesn't return, we end up with all these extra bins of stuff. Well, we... It's like a time capsule. We went back five years uh, to these bins that girls who obviously are not coming back uh, opened one up, and on top were a bunch of sex toys. And underneath the sex toys was a GED test guide booklet. Uh, so that's... <laughs> that just goes to show you the, the, the variety of, of stuff that goes on there. Yeah, what do you say to people like me 
who I don't want to tell you how to live your own life, but I think that it hurts people on both sides of the transaction. I know there are folks who say it's just a transaction between somebody who's got something to sell, somebody who wants to buy it. I think it hurts people on both sides. What do you say to people like me? Um, first of all, I'm, I'm, I would be hard-pressed to try to find a way that my life was damaged by all the money that I made. Um, and as far as the men that come here, a lot of them, one of the lines, uh, somebody just wrote to me this morning that uh, they are bereft uh, and in need of affection. Um, how can somebody be hurt by coming in and getting that camaraderie and that closeness and that intimacy that they need to actually just stay alive or have a reason to be alive? A lot of these guys are very alone, uh, and they, they just need human connection. Uh, I can't see how that's harmful. So you think people like me should just mind our own business, <laughs> let you let you do your thing and shut our mouths, right? Well, if, if that's actually your view, I think people like you have every right to have that view. I just don't try to force it on other people. What do you think's got the likelihood of this being made illegal in these counties? I really hope that it won't happen because, you know, Nevada is the only, the most proactive, forward-thinking state to successfully deal with prostitution this has been a wildly successful social experiment that's, that's gone since the 70s. It's a huge part of Nevada's heritage of uh, ex- exercising American freedoms. I mean, we have open carry guns, and we can have big cats in our backyard. Yeah. Uh, we can have legal gambling, legal prostitution. Nevada is known its whole personality is about freedom. There are a lot of people who do see it that way. It's a libertarian issue, just one of many here in the state. Sonia Bandolik, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate your time this morning. Appreciate your information. Thank you. So there you have it, the other side of the equation. As you may know, I'm morally against prostitution, but I know it's going to exist regardless, and I thought it would be interesting to hear her perspective. Don't miss the Heidi Harris Show live weekdays on 670 AM KMZQ, 9 AM to 10 AM. Also pick up my book, Don't Pat Me on the Head, Blowbacks, Setbacks, and Comebacks in Vegas Radio. It's on Amazon. It's getting great reviews. If you've already bought it and read it, please put a review up there on Amazon. Everybody so far loves it. I worked hard on it, so I hope you pick it up. Once again, the book's called Don't Pat me on the head blowbacks setbacks and comebacks in vegas radio until next time remember you were created for a purpose here's tony scott